There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast, hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host Henry. Henry, how's it rocking today? It's rocking really well. I'm happy to be here as always. Uh, you know, I've been enjoying the split so far, so I'm ready to uh, to sink into it. Totally. This episode is sponsored by Redesign, and today we're going over our strategies for getting ranked points on Olympus. Now that we're in split two of season eight. And then we're going to be answering some listener questions from Instagram, which is always a good time and we can get to that. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch. If you'd enjoy watching us stream, let's make it happen. If we can make a sprint to affiliate in April, we're going to go hard to make our stream even better. Links in the description. Also, if you'd like to help continue the Third Party Podcast and the community we've grown, please consider supporting us on Patreon. The support recently has just been absolutely insane. With your pledge, you can receive bonus episode, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, replica weapons, and much, much more. Your support means a whole lot to us, and we look forward to chatting and playing with our awesome patrons. Before we talk about Olympus, let's read off some awesome five-star reviews. First review today coming from XD. Yo, just listened to this today for the first time, and 30 minutes later, got my first ever win. Been playing for two weeks ever since it came to Switch, one with a total of 10 squad kills, and I'm a Crypto Octane main, but I love the pods so much. Very entertaining. Happy to hear that, and some Switch success as well. That is fantastic. Yeah, next review coming from CJ96 Yanoi. The best Apex Info podcast? Absolutely. Have you ever stepped on a Lego? You know how bad that feels, right? This podcast makes you feel the opposite. If you're looking for a podcast that hits all the points and all the questions you have about Apex, this is the place. Henry and Shay are great hosts who can really tell they love doing what they do and make the content so entertaining. Great work, guys, and craft more batteries. <laughs> That's the motto for sure. Uh, bat life. Uh, thanks so much for the review. It's really nice. Uh, you know, we try our best to, to be on it. You know, no vacations. Shay's in Hawaii. <laughs> Uh, we pod the pod keeps going <laughs> so we were trying our best really happy to have such an awesome community next review coming from hd i just got apex on switch when it came out and i really enjoy it so i went to apple podcast and found this it is great they are funny and 10 out of 10 would recommend just started listening to the pod and i love it i gave rampart a try and got over 300 kills in under a week new main i think so I think so. 300 kills in a week. You're grinding. That's like Henry and I at the start of the seasons with the new legends. With the time of commitment, at least. Impressive work. Lots of Switch people coming to the show, it seems like. Last review. North Dakota 23. I've been an Apex player since day one, with the exception of taking a few seasons off. I'm a consistent Diamond player, with my highest ranked season being Diamond 3. You guys help me get my Apex fix when I'm taking long drives or I'm away from the game for too many days. I love the updates you guys provide, along with the topics having to do with strats, game-changing concepts like your most recent episode about class changing, and mastering the legends. Keep up the great content. I'll always be a listener. Well, isn't that nice to hear? Definitely, So uh, kind. We, we try to keep it interesting, you know, with these topics. Um, well-researched, so it's it's nice to hear that people appreciate that and that it's at least entertaining. We appreciate the five-star reviews. 
If you have anything you want to say that's very kind, leave a five-star review or ask a question with a five-star review. It'll get read off on the show 100% locked and loaded, guaranteed, just as Bangalore would say. Let's now talk about Olympus and give a little bit of an overview slash reminder for the second split of ranked because everybody's going to be grinding some serious time into this map now. Yeah, we wanted to pose this topic, give a little bit of a refresher. Uh, just because Olympus has a significantly different design from both of the other maps and specifically King's Canyon. Um, the first thing to, to kind of say in the overview is that King's has 21 POIs and Olympus has 17. Um, so you're looking at less named dropped locations, uh, which poses uh, some difficulties. Um, it's not necessarily less loot. Um, it actually means that the loot density is a lot higher, but it does mean that if there's 20 squads in the lobby and it's ranked, um, that there's going to be contested drops if everybody's going to named POIs. So a little more uh, RNG base, a little more risky to uh, get your own space off the drop. Um, and But that's just kind of the first thing that's different in map design. Yeah, those the design of the map in general is very different, and it is going to alter everything. The legends you pick, how you play, and how you rotate. We're going to talk about it all, but it is night and day from King's Canyon, personally. Um, very different still from World's Edge, but a little bit closer, I would say, to Olympus than King's is, at least. Uh, so yeah, we're making a big switch going from King's to Olympus in playstyle purposes. and. That's why we're here, to help you guys get the leg up on everyone else that ain't ready for the switch. Absolutely. And with the kind of less POIs, that's also scaled down in the actual map size. Olympus is approximately 20% smaller than King's. Um, this is very hard to calculate with geometry and finding <laughs> the area just because open space is a major factor. And what do you consider playable? You know, if it's on the edge and it's ever played or if there's a mountain in the middle of the map how do you actually dictate uh, the actual playable space it's a little tricky but it is a little bit smaller um now going into kind of our rank tips further map design and speaking a little bit about power positions and how they change on kings to olympus give some of our new switch listeners uh, the recap of what a power position is just in case i like to always make sure everybody feels up to date and nobody's left out I love to talk about them. A power position (laughs) is normally high ground where you have clear visibility of a large area and it's easily defendable. So Mm -hmm. great examples of power positions are the walls on Kings Canyon at artillery, air base, repulsor. Um, These are places that it's hard to get to, which means it's easy to defend and you have a lot of visibility and defensive legends can do quite well there. So that's what a power position is. And so if we translate over to Olympus, there are no clear power positions, uh, to Mm -hmm. be honest. Uh, There is certainly high ground. Uh, There are a few tall buildings. Bonsai would be a tall building, but you don't have the visibility uh, down low in order to really command the space. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not really a, a power position. You're not saying, okay, we have to get there in order to command this area. And so that's a major shift in how you're going to play ranked in that you don't necessarily have to be rushing for positioning uh, because a power position is going to dictate the game, which 
I think that leads to a lot of the public opinion around Olympus being really positive, that they like that it's more focused on gunplay and less, uh, you know, positioning and forward thinking and really the randomness of where you drop and not knowing where the where the first and the last ring is going to be. So that's a major distinction between these maps. Yeah, it, it plays completely different. And I think one thing we talk about with power positions is that when you are at them, you feel more confident just in the game in general. And so there is a lack of confidence in a way on Olympus when you can't really rotate and play ahead to these power positions and get to places where you feel like you're in charge. There's going to be, I don't know if room for error is the correct word, but stuff like gunplay is going to make a much larger difference, it feels like, on Olympus because there's not going to be that cover, that advantage you can create uh, by outthinking the opponent. And so there will be a little bit more situations you run into where it's like, hey, I just missed my clip, and because of that, my team's dead. And maybe on Kings, I would have missed the clip from the top of artillery, and then I would have been able to reload. Instead, I did it on a level, even playing surface on Olympus, or just somewhere where there wasn't a huge advantage, and because of that, uh, my team's dead. And so there are people that love that, because they love the game being reliant on gun skill, and things being maybe not more even, but a bit more predictable in that kind of sense. And so I think there is advantages and disadvantages to this map. It is just going to change how you think about and play the game, power positions being the prime example of that. It certainly goes both ways. And if you're used to playing, uh, you know, survey beacons and power positions, Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely a shift. If you aren't using those strategies, I think this map's a lot easier to transition to. Um, Other kind of major map design differences are that um, unlike a map like World's Edge, where there's a lot of cities, lava, fragment, skyhook. Um, there's no real heavy urban combat where you're going floor to floor battles uh, on Olympus. And I think that massively changes team compositions. Um, mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily reliant on, okay, this end game has you know, a one in 10 chance or a one in five chance of, la- of ending on a four-story building Mm -hmm. that happens on world's edge. And so it's very different in that you're going to not be as reliant on holding buildings as Mm -hmm. you may have been in the past. And I think we see that a lot with the kind of moving away from Watson and pick rate. So interesting. A lot more love for Gibby, like a lot more love for Gibby and even rampart a little bit. And just that being able to put down any kind of, artificial cover with an ability of such an advantage because I think what you're saying is a really good point. Less buildings, less need for Watson, even Caustic as well if you're playing him in that way. But it also is then doubled down on the fact that there's just open space everywhere like we kind of talked about. And unfortunately, Watson ain't going to be rotating through open space uh, very easily. And it'd be a lot nicer to have that bubble or something go up to really help the team in those kinds of rotations. There's a lot of differences in these maps, and it's really crazy. Absolutely. Um, and then the huge difference in map design is the fact that there's triadents. Um, <laughs> and we can speak a little bit to that and that they're a very useful rotation tool, um, but also loud and put the team in a pretty vulnerable spot. Um, I've at least they noticed did. that yeah. people are getting smart with the triadents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have been hitting my trident plays with 
way, way more arc stars than I ever experienced in season seven. Um, and if anyone doesn't know, an arc star is a guaranteed squad wipe on a trident. <laughs> it pretty much is because you can't actually eject. So if you're shooting and you get arc star, not only is it going to stun, Ooh. so you can't keep moving, but you can't get out. So tridents are really fast, really effective, amazing feature. But in ranked right now, I'm hesitant to use them just because I feel like my lobbies are getting smart. They did a crazy good job balancing vehicles in this game for what we thought that they might do and bring to the game. And the example is what Henry gave. He's not having huge success on the Tridents. Uh, that Arc Star stuff combined with the Spitfire meta right now is not a good combo for riding Tridents around because when you got teams that have two to three Spitfires on them, uh, you're going to be taking some bullets from while you're on a Trident and that stuff will kill you pretty dang quickly <laughs> the fire gets heavy without a doubt now let's drop in with some drop locations um a little bit of background our rank strategy nowadays relies heavily on dropping uncontested and there's two ways to do that the first is you look behind the drop ship as it passes over and you identify locations where no teams have dropped and you go there the second option is Drop really quickly and confidently. Take a location hoping that your drop pattern and speed kind of maybe scares other teams that might not want to contest off the drop. So, you know, if there's a place that you really want to go, um, dropping fast and aggressive can be another form of trying to drop uncontested, you know, not yeah. wavering, not peeling off, kind of mm -hmm. uh, playing chicken a little bit um, as you drop can be a, can be a good way to uh, drop uncontested. Any patrons that have been around for a while know that we have a couple spots on Kings and uh, World's Edge where, oh my goodness, we have run these places in repeat over and over and over again. And it is very effective when each person on your team knows exactly where they're going to drop, the loot pattern they're going to take. And yes, once in a while, you will get screwed by a lack of loot and RNG. That's going to happen in any VR you're playing, but it is incredibly effective at not only winning that first fight, but picking up three quick RP, especially if you're playing the Bloodhound on your team. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think we do positioning and rotation episodes for each map for our patrons. Usually they have visuals, very intense. Mm -hmm. um, today we kind of just wanted to give a refresher, remind people about you know, the big design differences and the mechanical differences in the maps. Um, but we also are going to showcase three drop locations that we use in ranked um, that we've had some success with. Um, it's it's tricky because there's a lot of locations that we love, um, and we're just going to talk about locations that we think are good for winning. Yeah, Olympus is a bit different, I think, than some of our other drop guides. Like from the uh, this the strategy we just previously mentioned of like dropping confidently versus dropping uncontested. Like these are the three favorite spots. But at least in our experiences grinding Olympus, there is a bit more incentive to kind of play that, okay, where did nobody go strategy instead? Because like Henry said, there's less POIs. And so your odds of getting that uncontested at your favorite drop go down a bit. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the number three drop is Alessium. We also call it L, L. because it can be really hard to say Alessium. 
Um, <laughs> but this location's floating on its own north of hydroponics. Alessium is on the edge of the map, uh, only accessible via dropping uh, or a zip line. So it's a really interesting place where you can kind of predict uh, where people are going to hit you from. Um, I, we really like the design of it. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Um, totally. It has the four circular buildings on the edges of the POI. And then the center inner ring um, is really cool with cherry blossoms, park benches. Love it there. Um, we like to drop where there's two people on the edges and one person in the center um, if it's uncontested. If it's contested, uh, the POI is really small. And so you definitely have to land tight um, and then try to overwhelm and pick off the other team. But I think the size of the POI is one of the reasons that we like it, that you can stay close to your team and also mm-hmm. loot up pretty quickly. Um, the reason that one person is going to be dropping in the center is because there's a high, high chance of gold and high tier loot um, in the center. So gold guns, gold knockdown, gold bag, purple gold armor, really good stuff. Other features of the POI is that there's a survey beacon, which we love to see and a crafting station spawn as well. So it's got everything we kind of look for. And I think the size of it and location being on the edge are some of the real big reasons we like it. Totally. The fact that you can look at where people are dropping around you on the edge there is very, very impactful for kind of like understanding, as you mentioned, where people are going to potentially hit you from. Knowledge is king in this game and Knowing that a team might come up a certain zip line, you can get a free pick off of somebody coming up a zip line pretty easily, especially on April Fool's Day with the P2020. So make sure you stay stay looking for that. Um, but yeah, I think really good points. Surrey Beacon is obviously great. Crafting Station, great. Um, and it's cherry blossom season over here in Portland. So we are uh, we have the affinity right now for the cherry blossoms over here on the West Coast. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Number two drop location is one that might surprise some people, uh, but it's kind of a favorite over here, uh, Solar Array. Yes, I have a cat named Solar. Mm-hmm. There's no no favoritism, I don't think. Maybe but, a little. Maybe a little. <laughs> but essentially, Solar Array is really, really interesting because in the central bunker of the POI, above and within, just snipers, sniper attachments, it's really crazy. So. If that's something that you're looking to do in ranked where you're playing edge, you're doing pick mm-hmm. damage, um, this is awesome. Like knowing about this and having, you know, some people aren't too hyped about snipers, but I can tell you that the G7 spawns here and the triple take spawns here. So it's a, it's a really good place to go in order to play this map how you're supposed to. And that's playing edge, essentially. Yeah. That's playing Gibraltar, playing edge using uh, longer range weapons. Um, That central bunker is also really easily defendable early on if you have a defensive legend, um, which is really nice right off the drop. Um, There's three separate two-story buildings, so there's plenty of loot here, which I really like. And then a really cool feature, but also a nice tactical uh, one as well, is that there's underground tunneling uh, from the northern building to kind of the central bunker, which is really cool for flanking and hiding the the audio there is not bad but the distance between the underground and the second floor of the building above it is so uh big that you can't really hear it so it's a really good flank um and you can do some really cool bamboozling attacks um 
it's also a really nice spot just because it's centrally located that if you drop here, chances are the ring's going to be close by. Um, and so you have a good chance to kind of mitigate risk. Um, if you want to get aggressive, you can head up to Bonsai uh, right after dropping here for a third party. Um, but you can equally jump on the jump tower and go into Hammond uh, for a third party there or head ring. So it's a lot of nice options here. Um, a survey beacon also spawns here as well as a replicator. Um, so it really checks all the items off our list and I think is maybe a slept on drop location, even for ranked. It is a good location and there's some interesting fights we'll get into early if you're contested here between the buildings and such. Like there are kind of three to four spots teams can kind of comfortably hold at the beginning of the game. And so that is the only downside is kind of like sometimes some long drawn out fights if you're talking with somebody else off rip. But at the same time, you have the weapons to kind of get something that from afar and then take the fight to them. I think the jump tower being here is just so huge. Being able to not have to use a trident to rotate is very, very yeah. nice. And it's close enough that you can chain the jump tower to other ones as well if you need to make some really big rotations for some reason. Uh, and so there's just a lot of options coming out of this spot, without a doubt. You can push or you can play defensive. You can back up all the way to the edge of the map from here if you really feel the need to. And there's some, you know, unnamed loot, you know, north of the spot that's not not too bad as well. So, like, there's a lot of options, including that bailout, which is kind of nice. Now, the number one drop location is Carrier, north side of the map. Um, it's a very large POI, um, and I'm always very impressed with the amount of loot here. Um, it can be uncontested uh, most of the times, I feel like. Um, I drop there the most out of any place. And it's really straightforward and easy to win in this area. I feel like there's no real big high ground advantages, but because it's a ship and very linear, um, the fights are really logical and you don't get surprised a lot. So if you're looking for a rank drop and a rank strategy, you want to kind of build up that consistency. And I think Carrier does that. The other reason that this is a really favorable landing spot is because I recommend that you drop on the front of it. So mm -hmm. the kind of the cone of the ship, uh, you're going to be on seven supply bins uh, if one person drops right there on the front. Uh, and then if you are contested or some people will get into your grill a little bit, um, there's two sets of double doors which is the only instance that that has ever been in Apex where there's mm -hmm. two sets of doors. And it, it is, one, incredibly difficult to push through them uh, because of that, but there's also very good head cover on the front side of it. So it's really nice to be able to defend it, even if you don't roll with a defensive legend. You can be flanked on either side, but you do have high ground on them and great cover. So it's a really nice place for early fights and good loot. Obviously, there's going to be a survey beacon spawn here. There's also a replicator spawn. And I think that you can and should third-party Oasis because Oasis does have better loot than Carrier. Um, and it can be pretty well-timed uh, after you loot up uh, either partially or fully Carrier. But I also want to say that Fight Night can be not only a great third-party opportunity after you loot Carrier, um, but a lot of people kind of joke like, oh, I'd never go fight night and ranked. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. not going to box and ranked. That seems kind of crazy. Um, well, 
because you think that, it is often uncontested. People, for the most part, don't go there a whole lot, at least in my experience so far this split. And that's probably the best loot in the whole map. Um, Multiple guaranteed gold items, just so many of the loot balls. It's kind of crazy. So being able to identify that while on the dropship, are people going to go there? And then getting that incredible loot early is not something that we'd normally recommend. Like, oh, go high tier, get the best loot you can. But for Olympus specifically, the pace of play really demands that you loot up really quickly and you get the best Mm -hmm. stuff you can. So because you're not really, you know, relying a lot on the survey beacons, you're not gunning for a power position, gun for the best loot you can. And if you're used to going carrier or maybe Oasis and thirding, consider at least looking at fight night uh, every game because that can really set you up for the rest of the game. If you're going fight night, all I ask is you respect and play with honor. Like if you go in there to box somebody, stay in there and box them, okay? Don't run away. Don't cheese your way to ranked points by playing them to it. Respect the craft. Respect the game. Respect the third-party nation and finish out your boxing fight. Your fault for stepping into the ring if you weren't (laughs) mentally prepared to sock some people in the head. That's all I'm saying. Uh, And yeah, those are the awesome rank drop locations. I'm so excited to get back from my trip and uh, start grinding a bit and get back into the Olympus flow. Uh, Before we get into answering a bunch of other questions from Instagram, some ranked and Olympus questions, here's a quick word from today's sponsor, Redesign. Redesign is launching an innovative pre-workout product, which improves the experience of taste and consumption through easy-to-use sleeves. We have partnered with them to give away free third-party hats as well as discounted memberships to our Patreon. If you're interested in supporting their venture, head over to their Indiegogo to pledge your support and get some awesome rewards like merch or Patreon support that will help us out as well. Link in the description to check out the page. This week, they are also doing a giveaway with no purchase necessary. They're giving away seven prizes, a third-party and redesigned hat, three one-month master tier Patreon memberships for the third party, and three boxes of dry screw products for you to try out. All you have to do to enter is put your phone number or email to be contacted if you win. Link in our description. The odds are certainly in your favor to win something definitely go check it out. All right, now diving into some specific questions from Instagram regarding ranked and Olympus. First one coming from Arjun, are hot drops worth it in ranked? It's a great question. I actually don't think we've been asked that straight up before. Um, yeah. I'll give you my quick answer. And the honest answer is no, like not for ranked, not the way we play ranked at least. Uh, we like to be uncontested and loot up and have confidence and potentially an advantage going into that first fight. When you drop hot, you are putting a bit more risk on everything and 50-50-ing it, and even less so when there's more teams, especially on a limited POI spot like Olympus. But hey, if you're looking back on the dropship and the hot zone hasn't had anybody go to it, by all means, uh, drop hot then. <laughs> I will also add that, yeah, we like consistency. We like, you know, dropping near the edge uh, of the map. But also, the loot quality on Olympus is so high that mm-hmm. you can get superior loot to a hop drop just by going to a place like Fight Night or Oasis or Upper Hammond. Like, 
there's such great loot that you shouldn't be relying on the random hot drop if you really want that high tier loot. There's just plenty of it. Totally. Next question comes from Luncheon Bar. Hello, guys. I wanted to ask, which team do you think is the best trio for ranked? I guess we'll answer for Olympus, probably. Great question. Yeah, really good question. Right now, I'm rocking with Gibraltar and Bloodhound as staples. Um, You know, it's definitely, you can have a lot of experimentation in the current, you know, meta and where all the legends are. Um, I think that you have some flexibility depending on your team's play style as to who you have as a third, potentially. but to be really honest, I don't know. I'll let Shay give his answer, <laughs> but I think that you can be successful with a lot of different legends and you can weight your team, either defensive or offensive. Um, for Olympus, I think you should be a little more flex, you know, mm-hmm. and have that Gibraltar, maybe Bang and Blood, kind of those middle middle area uh, legends. Uh, I, I recommend. Yeah, uh, Gibby and Blood, fantastic start to the team. Real good pillars to build around i think um and then that third spot like henry said is great flex and really for me that flex should come down to what's your team style how do you want to play Mm -hmm. do you want to have a bit more versatility and a bit more in fight capability rock horizon she's fantastic right now do you want more mobility as a squad uh you don't need the beacon because you got bloodhound already so you can rock with octane if you want instead of pathy and then if you really want to play defensive and try and play into that, you can go with the Rampart or the Caustic or the Watson, which is not our like number one recommendation on this map. But if that's how you and your team want to play, I think you can still play that style with the Bloodhound and Gibraltar just as great staples to help you get to where you need to be in this map. It's a really good combo right now. Absolutely. Next question coming from Toby Leo 9 how can Olympus be changed to make ranked better? It's a fun question. Really fun question. I think better is kind of a point of view in this yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things that I would do in order to make ranked more similar to other maps. But my honest answer is Olympus is unique and a lot of people enjoy the ranked there. And so yeah. I think that how they've approached map design is that they're not trying to replicate the same play style just with a different skin on it. They're really building different experiences. And as that can be kind of a painful transition or change, I think that we should try to embrace it um, and kind of like the difference and like keeping it fresh and changing up our strategies, changing up how we play. I think the only thing I'll throw in is that they have mentioned with Olympus and they did with other maps as well. It's a young map right now. It's not fully finished. It's going to get more town takeovers, probably more POIs. We might get Mirage Voyage showing up at some point. Who knows? Uh, A couple more POIs, one or two, might make the game flow a little bit better, a little bit more uncontested for people off the drop, if that's what you like. Uh, That would make it better from my point of view, is the key word. More POIs for sure. Yeah, that would be really nice. Uh, Next question going from Kintaku underscore Tails. Do you feel that climbing ranked on Olympus is easier than King's Canyon? Yeah, I I think it also depends on your play style, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, being able to have the ability to get one additional kill point through an assist or a kill and being more aggressive on Olympus could definitely make it easier uh, to climb the ranks a lot faster. Uh, But King's Canyon, you know, you can have more consistency and play for the end game. And really the rank points are... in positioning 
and mm-hmm. kind of your placement in the game. So I don't know which one is easier. I would say they're different. Um, depends they're very on different. what your skills are. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I will say, you know, based off the statistics, this last one on Kings Canyon was the most successful rank split in a long time for people in terms of where they finished. Uh, and so we'll see if that is replicated on Olympus this time around. Uh, that might be a fun statistical answer for people that are interested in that, that we yeah. can visit back on. That's a really good point. Now, last ranked uh, an Olympus question coming from Evan. How do you use triadents as an advantage? As an advantage, man. Oof, tough one. You spoke a little bit to it. Um, yeah. I'll be, honestly, like I think you brought up a good point, and it's what I'll continue to do once I'm background and ranked, is that it's just not going to be a top priority for me to use. Uh, if I really feel like I need to make a big rotation, pretty risky, um, I'll hop the trident. My trident tip of the day for you will be, I hate the people that use that boost as soon as they hop on. Save that yeah. boost for when you're getting shot at. That will make a difference uh, for how people can track you and you know hit those shots on you. And that might save you on a rotation if you plan to use the trident for doing so. Great tip. Now we're going to transition to more general Instagram questions. We like to do this every once in a while to kind of bring in community interaction and to to share our thoughts on more diverse topics. Yeah, we need those 20K Instagram followers on the show. So you guys better all be here. I hope to see us breaking records on the downloads this time around. Uh, First question coming from Nine. How do you feel about this season's meta? pretty broad question um Mm -hmm. i can say that it's a pretty solid meta i I Mm -hmm. would say that i like it um you know being on these maps and you know having a long break from world's edge is uh you know kind of sad for a lot of people but i think that the legend meta is in a really really strong place you know they've gotten rid of so many of the things that they've been you know aiming to reduce um and so i'm happy with the legend meta Weapon meta, I think, is pretty strong. I'm a big long range person in general, and I feel like there's been a lot of emphasis there. So, I personally, I've liked the meta. Yeah, I mean, I know some people had the frustrations with the Rev Octane Kings Canyon push, but that's behind us at this point. Uh, and apparently, there's going to be changes to that, so it maybe doesn't happen again in the future. And we'll see what new meta arises that causes frustration. Uh, the rest of the split uh, but i'm really excited to get back to it and i'm enjoying wraith not being like the top number one 100 pick rate highest win rate legend for the first time yeah. in a long time it's great to have some more versatility in the legends right now it's awesome next question coming from zachary tart two questions first one we'll answer what was your favorite episode to work on and why Great question. The first question, first one that comes to my mind is Daniel Klein. Having the game designer on, uh, Henry and I set the goal at the beginning of the podcast. We're going to talk to somebody that builds the game on the podcast. We got to do so. Uh, it was so fun to prep for that show and get everything going and recording that one was a blast. It really was hard to beat that. You know, we just did our one year anniversary episode a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. That was a lot of fun. We were very, uh, Looking backwards on that, we got interviewed. I thought that was a really fun one. Um, outside of that, though, to maybe 
plug an episode we haven't talked about in a while, but Shay and I went hard on the research for a Patreon bonus episode we did for skill-based matchmaking. And we learned a ton. Our patrons learned a ton. It's still up. It's worth it. (laughs) Like You can't get that information in one place anywhere else. It took us a long time, and I thought it was an awesome episode. It was a lot of sources that we pulled from. There is, yeah, there is no article, <laughs> and we did math, guys, and we start. We were looking at patents. Like yeah. it was intense what we were doing for that one. Uh, that is worth the three dollars, and then canceling. Zach's second question, though, is you guys said you were finishing uni. That's huge. What are you all studying in? I'm studying operations and technology management with an emphasis on entrepreneurship and innovation. Fancy, fancy, fancy. I'm the marketing major. Bachelors of Science in Marketing. So I'm a science guy, obviously. Definitely obviously. wasn't because it's easier than language. Like, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Uni, definitely almost done. Excited about it. Uh, ready for uh, life's next steps for sure. No doubt. Next question coming from A. Shift. How would you shake up the weapon pool? New shotgun, LMG, or a brand new class? And my own choice, that would be very fun. Oh, wait, I have an easy answer. Give me a bow and arrow, okay? Yep. Give me a bow and arrow or a crossbow, technically a new class. It would shake things up. I'd enjoy the heck out of it. If I'm choosing from your options, though, I think a new shotgun would also be pretty fun, like maybe impactful because shotguns tend to make a splash. So that could be a cool one. I would never really choose a new shotgun, but... Based off of what we've seen, marksman class could be coming up. So 3030, mm-hmm. G7, you know, easy contenders for that. But that could maybe lay the foundation for a crossbow too um, mm-hmm. coming into the game. So I think that would definitely shake things up. Getting so excited. Next question coming from Jackings18s. How long do you think Apex can sustain its playability and keeping the fan base? Really good question. Um, This is one that, you know, we think about a lot in terms of the strength of the community and kind of the quality of the game. And really, the content of Apex is ridiculous. Like, there's so much consistently good content with new legends every single season. Um, It's pretty incredible. So I think from a content standpoint, it's going to keep trucking for a long, long time. We've heard that they're considering, you know, having it be the next FIFA franchise 10 year. Mm-hmm. Um, but sustaining a player base really comes down to the competition too. And if another BR can take the throne or a different uh, game type can take the throne. So it's uh, it's kind of based on external factors, I think, um, because Apex is a really quality game with a great community. And they want it to be a 10 year game, but they might not be able to control something else coming in and being fantastic. So hopefully for a very long time to answer your question. And I think it's reasonably possible for that to happen. Next question coming from Ikataster. What do you think about Rampart being able to rip off her turret and use it with limited aspects? Really, really cool question. Um, love to look at Rampart and where we can add power. I'm not sure if this would you know, bring her up substantially, um, but it'd be a really cool feature. I'd love to see this just because Sheila's got some power yeah it would be interesting to see if maybe like inside or something it could be really powerful 
Now, how quick he turned would obviously be a huge deal. Yeah. It was something we theorized might come with the kid at the beginning when we heard Turret for the first time. Uh, it didn't end up coming. Uh, it seems like the most logical and easiest buff to kind of like do. Uh, and so we'll see if something like that ever comes about. Could be fun. Next question coming from Brad K. Daniels. Is the wingman still worth it or has it been outclassed? Nice question. You know, haven't talked about the wingman in a while, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a weapon that we've showcased really on the show. Um, it is a tough question for me to answer because I, I move away from the wingman in favor of the G7. And I think that the G7 kind of outperforms it in specific areas, but the wingman's still really good for mobility, speed. Um, it, it's a good gun. I can say it's still worth it, but when you say, is it worth it? I feel like you're implying that there's significant risk. So I feel like if you're willing to put in the risk, yeah, it it's worth that risk for the reward, but it's still a risk. Yeah. If you are the fast playing person that kind of wants the single fire feel, like, so you want to just run up on people all the time, you might find more success with the wingman than the G7 if you're getting into like really close quarters range and really emphasizing the mobility of the wingman. But that's a very specific play style, very specific kind of thing, and it's just not super versatile. Uh, but still just a solid weapon, like Henry said. Like it doesn't have a lot of like horribly bad things with it. Like if you are confident with it and hitting shots, you're gonna be uh successful to an extent. And it's been a staple in the game for a long time. It's gonna always have the fun nostalgia with it. Uh, and the quick draw is, it's kind of been a little fun to throw on there every once in a while. It's been a good time. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Last question for today coming from Instagram, coming from Jester33. Are heat shields a waste of loot pool potential with the current loot availability? Yeah, I think we would have 100% told you yes if there wasn't a survival slot because we yeah. never really used gear before that. Uh, but with the introduction of that, I don't think it's going to pull away too much. These maps have so much loot on them. Uh, people aren't as frustrated as they used to be about like sniper attachments taking up the loot pool and such. Uh, there seems to be enough abundance of things. If it's actually useful, will be important to knowing if it's like a waste of loot. Uh, and I'm not ready to give an answer yet on if I think it'll be useful. Have you had any experience or any opinions on that though? I just wouldn't be too quick to to judge heat shields as a total waste. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it it seems like they definitely add maybe more value than a mobile respawn beacon. Um, and I think they just are a major shift to how we approach the ring and play and loot, um, take fights. I think they're majorly impactful. And I won't say they're underrated, but I would just caution people to to judge them too early because I think. The fact that they've made it into the game is a major signal to how Apex is going to develop in the next couple of months. So something to, I think, take seriously. Totally. That wraps up our episode. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch and check out the Discord. Both those links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down.